0: Uh, Always an amazing number of topics to discuss when David Greenfield is on, but today it's really going to be one topic because of the nature of the day on this Yom HaShoah Holocaust Remembrance Day. David is, of course, Chief Executive Officer and Executive Director of Met Council on Jewish Poverty. Uh, David has expanded Met Council's mission and services to help over a quarter of a million New Yorkers in need through a multitude of direct services and policy advocacy, and I would bet that number is even larger now in light of COVID-19. Uh, and they have stepped up their already stepped-up efforts to help Holocaust survivors during this uh, very, very difficult period of time um, as we uh, go through the coronavirus situation here in New York and obviously around the world. David Greenfield, a pleasure to welcome you back to JM in the AM.
1: Thank you. It is a real thrill to be on America's most important Jewish radio show. Thanks for
0: having me. Appreciate that very much. Uh, We should point out that normally – uh, when there is no coronavirus, when it's not Yomar Shoah or any other special circumstances, a Met Council is always paying a lot of attention to the Holocaust survivors in our community. That's correct, right?
1: Yeah, absolutely. We actually have the largest Holocaust survivor program for low-income Holocaust survivors in the United States. I think a lot of people don't realize that, thank God, there are still well over 25,000 Holocaust survivors who live in the New York City area wow. and many of them are low income a lot of it has to do with their life circumstances some of them unfortunately uh, never got married others got married and for reasons having to do with the Holocaust they actually didn't have any kids um, and then uh, there are folks who just sadly uh, a lot of their friends and family have since passed so We really spend, uh, we have an entire department, one of our 10 departments at Met Council that focuses just on Holocaust survivors, how we help them, how we improve their lives, how we do things like socialization, which, of course, sadly, we can't do right now. And That's actually, believe it or not, that really has distinguished us from other organizations, which is that we spend much of our time trying to take them out of the house, helping them out, having them interact with other people, because the loneliness is actually one of the most difficult things for a survivor to bear, and so we've created incredible events to do that. The problem is that, unfortunately, um, we can't do that now. And even worse, what's happened is that Holocaust survivors, especially those who live alone, don't have access to food now, right? I can tell you that if someone is pretty tech-savvy, that I try every day to order Instacart, to order Amazon Prime, to order Amazon Fresh, to order... Uh, peapod to order any one of a multitude of services that delivers food to your home, and it's just not available. And that's for somebody who actually has access to these. For seniors, they're not getting any food, and they're stuck at home alone, and that's an incredible problem and one that we've decided that we're going to try to tackle.
0: Um, During this time, with the social aspect, as you said, um, uh, stifled at the moment, uh, is there a way to continue some type of social interaction? Do you designate people to be in touch with the elderly and with the Holocaust survivors at this time?
1: Absolutely. So we're doing two incredible things for Holocaust survivors, and uh, both of which people can participate if they're listening and they want to participate. They can participate by signing up via email, volunteer at metcouncil.org, volunteer at metcouncil.org. The first is we have a new digital socialization program where we're either talking to them, either through tablets or on telephones or even phone calls, or in some cases, they just want letters. So we're sending them, believe it or not, old-fashioned letters. (laughs) Survivors love that. And we're communicating with them through that so that at least they have someone to talk to. That's volunteer at metcouncil.org. The second thing that we're doing, which is really unprecedented, is that it, to understand Met Council, and I think a lot of the reasons why people don't really know our name, even though we are the largest Jewish charity serving the poor in the United States, is because essentially we're wholesalers. The nature of our business is that we support a lot of other smaller charities. And, for example, in the food space, we distribute food to 149 different locations. So just about every single organization in New York City that gets free kosher food today gets it from Met Council. And we've nearly doubled our footprint in food distribution just in the last couple of years. So you get food from Tom C. Shabbos. A lot of that comes from that council, but you wouldn't necessarily know that. And that's a massive operation where we're moving millions of pounds of food each month. We decided to add to that, to pivot, really, and to add to that a very specific and particular project, which is delivering food directly to homebound Holocaust survivors. We launched a pilot of this program two weeks ago, and this week we're actually launching a full-time effort that we will continue, Amir Tashem, throughout this crisis, and we're starting it at a 1,000 Holocaust survivors a week, and this is through a really first-of-its-kind partnership with Uber, where Uber has teamed up with us, and together with them, we are packaging the food through volunteers, and we have another partnership with Yeshiva University, where they're sending us volunteers, and especially a lot of the students who are no longer in school who want to volunteer, they're coming to our warehouse. We rented an additional warehouse in Greenpoint, Brooklyn. We're packing boxes. We're putting them in the back of Ubers, and the Uber drivers are dropping them off to make sure that 1,000 Holocaust survivors a week are getting food so they can sustain themselves during this time of crisis.
0: David Greenfield's with us, CEO, Executive Director of Met Council on Jewish Poverty. How often do those uh, deliveries go out? Like a Holocaust survivor would find something at their door, and I'm assuming it's at their door because of the current situation, as opposed to someone actually walking in and delivering it. Uh, how often would that happen?
1: Yeah, it's going out every week, and that's um, and that's absolutely the situation. I'll tell you a story. Someone reached out to me a couple weeks ago and said, "Hey, I want to volunteer. Are you doing anything?" And I said, "Of course. Why don't you come and deliver some food?" And so he called me afterwards, and he was in near tears. And he says, I want to tell you something. He says, I delivered food to a Holocaust survivor in Queens. And I knocked on her door, and we won't let them open the door, of course, for social distancing. So I dropped the package. and said, look, I'm from that council. I'm a volunteer. I have to go. And she says, please don't go. What do you mean? She said, please, I need to speak to you. She said, okay, but only through the door. She proceeds to tell him that she survived the Holocaust. She was in her 90s, and she said, the Holocaust was bad, but in some ways, this is worse right. because during the Holocaust, no matter how terrible it was, in the camps, she said, I had friends and family. She said, now my friends are all dead. I don't have any family. She was telling this person, the volunteer, that unfortunately, because of Yamaf Dr. Mengele, she wasn't able to have any children, and she's home alone in a 200-square-foot apartment. And she said, you're the first person I spoke to in three weeks. You think about that. Uh, right? think about the tragedy to have somebody who's a survivor who's been through it all and now in the last year, they don't have access to food, and they have no access to really being able to communicate with other people. And uh, that's why that's why we launched this. And we really launched it, just so you know, through private dollars. Unfortunately, government has been very strained. And while we've had a lot of uh, folks working on support in the future, in, in fact, I definitely want to recognize the efforts of the City Council and the Speaker of the City Council, Corey Johnson, who's been working with us to get emergency funding for food, and we're very grateful for that. Funding hasn't come in yet, so right now it's all private dollars. So for roughly $9 a day, that's the cost. We really we buy all the food wholesale and a lot of the food that we get for free. For $9 a day, we're able to get food to a Holocaust survivor in need in New York City and that's really an incredible service that thank God we're able to provide.
0: What about generally David Um, are you still able to provide for the numbers that you were providing for before COVID-19?
1: So we we were fortunate in the sense that uh, I lived through several crises as a city council member I remember Sandy which was very impactful to folks in southern Brooklyn I remember actually being in a public school all night long where I was helping people who were washed out of their homes, and they were in a public school in my district in Borough Park. And uh, having done that, I always have kept a very close eye on on these situations. And so March 1st was – I don't know if you remember this – so March 1st was the first day that there was a confirmed COVID case in New York. I right. was at APAC, right. the APAC conference. It was Sunday. When I saw it on my Twitter feed, I called my chief operating officer, Rob Newman. I said, Rob, I want an emergency conference call tonight. And what about? I said, we're doing a COVID conference call every single night, and we're going to plan for this. So I got on the call, and everyone's like, what's going on? I said, so COVID's coming. I said, what COVID? I said, COVID's coming. As soon as there's one case, there's going to be 100,000 cases. It's just the way it is. I saw this across the world. So every single night for a month, we basically planned how to deal with the situation, how to pivot. And in fact, the only reason we have this Holocaust Survivor Program is because we decided that we were going to rent more space for food so that we'd have access to more food because we knew that there would be a food shortage. And so we've really pivoted our entire operation to focus on COVID. For example, we have a, a, a department that deals with crisis, and we have social workers. You can call 212-453-9539, or you can email help at That's 212-453-9539. The only organization in New York that has trained social workers who will give you a 15-minute slot and will talk you through any issues you have and try to help you get back on your feet after you've lost your job or you've lost income. If you go to metcouncil.org, metcouncil.org, on the front page of our website, we've posted a daily updated of all the information that you need if you've lost job or your income. We're helping people with their benefits. We're helping seniors. We're helping folks file taxes because you need to file taxes in order to get the stimulus check. So we've actually – at our services because, thankfully, we were prepared. And so we have the ability now, and to your point, we're on track now to be serving well over 300,000 people this
0: year. Unbelievable. Um, I would imagine that, that as much as this is being privately funded, a, a lot of what you just described because of the reasons you mentioned regarding government funds, uh, nonetheless, it must be very difficult for certain people who would love to support you to do so. What about food donations? Have those been steady? Have those been at the level that the organization has been used to? Before this, before COVID nineteen, so, it
1: so so honestly they haven't. To keep it in in, in uh, perspective, right? We generally take donations by the truck, right? And and it doesn't really make sense for us in terms of the amount of food, the millions of pounds of food that we give out. So we don't usually do uh, food can drives. We leave that to our partners who have food banks and food pantries across uh, the city. The reality is that the cost of food, I don't think, I don't think people realize this, the cost of food has tripled. You may have noticed that if you buy your eggs from an independent grocery store, you're probably paying up to $5 a dozen of eggs. And that's not because they're price gouging you. That's just because the wholesale price of eggs went from $1.03 a month ago to $3.09. Wow. So if the wholesale price of eggs is $3.09, they're going to charge you close to 5 bucks for us we buy 100,000 dozen eggs at a time. And so the cost of eggs has skyrocketed and we weren't able to go to our usual vendors and they were actually uh, and and they were actually uh, left out. So some amazing people have stepped up. There are a few unbelievable people. One of them is Elliot Gibber, who is a great friend of ours and you know Elliot of course sure. great a great community leader and he called me and said, "David, tell me what you need. I'm going to give you eggs." And he's been sending us massive quantities of eggs. Uh, those are the exceptions. They're always exceptional people. That's why we call them exceptional, right? <laughs> Unfortunately, however, by and large, uh, there's a huge challenge. And, and I understand it, honestly. I will tell you that I got a call a few weeks ago, uh, right before Pesach, and we had a massive effort for Pesach. Right before Pesach, I got a call from someone who said, hey, can I ask you a question? You know, how does this whole thing work, you know, with the food and the stuff? And Oh, I got to go. So I called someone I knew, and I said, hey, do you know this guy, Mr. Sonson? I said, yeah. So How's he doing? He said, oh, my God, his business has been decimated. He lost everything. I said, okay. I understood why he was calling. This is a guy who gave us a four-figure donation six months earlier. Four figures. That's significant. He lost his entire business in the course of two weeks. I'm not going to explain the business because I don't want anyone to know who he is. And we had to help him before Pesach. I mean, that's crazy. That's what's happening out there, right, which is people are losing their jobs, losing their incomes, losing their business, and it's incredible. It's an incredible strain. I have to tell you, I speak to people all day. The first thing I tell people, and I think it's the most important thing for people to hear, and I do want to say this publicly for those who are impacted, which is you need to know it's not your fault. A lot of people blame themselves, and that's ridiculous, right? This is a pandemic that is international and global in scale that is impacting literally millions of people, and God willing, this will be short-term. But – anything that's happening financially is not people's fault. And so that's why we pivoted and we're doing the best that we can to serve people through a multitude of services in any way that we can to make sure. And that's why I say if someone's out there, and they want to speak to a trained expert who can help them work through the system, or even just someone to speak to privately, you can help them think through what's going on. You should email help at metcouncil.org. And we have, trained social workers who are standing by ready to help folks from 8 a.m. to 8 p.m. every single day of the week.
0: I don't even think we realize how many people are in a similar situation, that their business literally completely collapsed in just the first couple of weeks of this. If you think a little bit about the industries that our community uh, is in, uh, especially around Pesach time, it's, it's not hard to conjecture just how many people are now in the situation that you described. There are a lot of people and a lot of families who need a lot of help, Thank God Met Council is out there doing it. Again, everybody, if you want to volunteer, and this volunteer program, just to be in touch with Holocaust survivors, is easy to do, and it would really be an amazing mitzvah. You could just volunteer by emailing and getting the details, volunteer at metcouncil.org, volunteer at metcouncil.org. If you need help and want to speak to a social worker, use the email help at or just call 212 453 9539 nine. and as david mentioned on the uh, homepage of the uh, of the website metcouncil.org there is a daily update that no doubt gives uh, a very valuable information about uh, different things including uh, stimulus checks and other things that people need to know at this time as they're being updated uh, by our government uh, federal government and the local government so pay attention to that homepage uh, for all the details and i'm sure if there's a uh, a, a capability. Anybody out there who's capable of donating and supporting the great work of Med Council, you'll be able to donate through the website as well, and keep them going during this time. And David, on this Yom HaShoah, I guess the final statement and the um, uh, the last thing we should say is that you and others as well, but certainly you and the Met Council on Jewish Poverty uh, have a special commitment to the community of Holocaust survivors within our community. And you are ready and able uh, to help them to whatever degree possible, not only during COVID-19, but all year round.
1: Yeah, absolutely. These are some of the most incredible, amazing people who we have to treasure in our community. And they've been through such horrors. And I always tell folks, we wouldn't be here, right? There would be no Jewish community today in America, in the world without the people who survived, and we need to do everything that we can to support these folks, and we're going to continue to do so. And I'll just add, because some people tell me, look, I don't have money, but I have a lot of time. If you're healthy and you're young, volunteer for us to help us package and send food to Holocaust survivors,
0: and we have
1: personal safety supplies, same idea, just email volunteer at medcouncil.org and we will tell you what the best time to come is because of social distancing. We don't want everybody coming at the same time, obviously.
0: And you would take volunteers as young as what? Teenagers as young as what? Yeah, from teenagers up until the
1: age of 60. We don't take over the age of 60 because that's the recommendation Mm -hmm. by the CDC, which is anyone over the age of 60 really should be staying home just as a precautionary measure.
0: David call out a vote information everybody at metcouncil.org, metcouncil.org, Met Council on Jewish Poverty has made an additional commitment when it comes to the Holocaust survivors in our community, and we say call out a vote to them uh, for that commitment. David, I thank you for joining us and continued success with all your work.
1: Well, I want to thank you, and I just want to say that in a time when so much of our routine has been upended, especially kids and schools and yeshiva, it is really uh, heartwarming, and I know how hard you have to work and how early you have to wake up and how much time you have to prepare so that every single morning we have this normalcy in our lives, which is the amazing and awful Siegel and JM in the end. So thank you for that.
0: I appreciate that very much. A continued success. org. everybody. That's the website. And we do encourage volunteer efforts, whether it means picking up a phone and speaking with a Holocaust survivor, the teens out there who might have time on their hands, depending obviously on their uh, at-home school schedule now, volunteer at metcouncil.org, volunteer at metcouncil.org, and they need people to make deliveries and they need people uh, to get that food to as many people in our community as possible. And you can only imagine, you could only imagine how many people in our community are in that situation where their business unfortunately has collapsed and now they're turning to Metcouncil to help feed their families.